Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Hey Arnold, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Sam Quattro, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hey! And as I said earlier, we are discussing the seminal, the classic... Yes! Yes! The one and only (laughs) Hey Arnold. Yay! Long last Hey Arnold time! So, with the Jungle movie, at the time of this recording, about two weeks out, Michelle and I thought it would be a good idea to revisit the series, sort of discuss, you know, what made it so memorable, why it sticks in our hearts, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, the (laughs) hey, right? (laughs) The hey, Arnold, we're going to cover it all. So, for uh, those of you who do not know, Hey Arnold was a Nicktoon that aired like, mid-90s, it premiered in 1996. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it first began as, like, these claymation shorts that Craig Bartlett was doing on, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse and Sesame Street. Oh, and it really? Just, you know, so yeah. we shopped him around. I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, he, 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 I think he was also the guy who might have done the Penny shorts on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Oh. But, um, nonetheless, you know, it was, like, a whole thing, and eventually... Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Hey, Arnold. Gosh, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, it's always fun to learn the origins to this sort of thing. So, for me personally, Hey, Arnold is like the Nicktoon mm. that I think about when I think about like my childhood growing up watching Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. I was like a primarily Nickelodeon kid. Oh, same. Seriously, yeah. same. Yeah, like, I watched, like, Cartoon Network. I watched Disney Channel. Disney Channel didn't really start doing animation. Yeah, no, not for a while. Not for a while. And, like, I watched her, like, movies and some of their live-action stuff. And Cartoon Network, of course, I watched her, like, Powerpuff Girls, uh, Cow and Chicken, etc. But I was a Nick kid. <laughs> I love Nickelodeon. I love Nicktoons. And Hey Arnold was the center of that. It was, yeah. you know, smack dab in the middle of my fascination of it. And... As an adult, I realized, like, it's really, like, heavy. It's really good. It really hit on a lot of great stuff that I didn't appreciate a lot as a kid because I was like, oh, cartoons, I'm six years old, and blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. We were both pretty young when this started airing, so. Yeah, like, I was, like, two years old. (laughs) Yeah, I was four. (laughs) Yeah, and it was just, like, uh, it was great. How about you, Michelle? How do you feel about Hey Arnold. Oh, it's definitely one of my favorite shows. And like I agree when I was like the age of watching this in the 90s, I was totally like a Nick kid too. I had seen like some Cartoon Network, but like for whatever reason, like the vibe didn't jam with me the way it did with um Nicktoons, and I just like ate up so many shows. But Hey Arnold had a very special place in my heart cuz I think for me, like I couldn't as a kid, I couldn't understand, like, all the levels of what made it such a good show, but it felt like an actual show that got kids in a way that didn't talk down to kids, and I think that really resonated with younger me and made me, like, appreciate this show so much more when I went back to it later in, like, middle school. Yeah, definitely. I definitely think it depicted kids as, like, actual people instead yeah. of, like, either zany caricatures or just you know, fodder, annoying beings for the yeah, adults, right? Exactly. You know, it treated them like humans with their own problems, 
their own lives, just everything. And I think that's just like what makes that's like the heart of the show, the characterizations, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, like especially like it, recently, recently in preparation for this podcast. I mean, I uh, <laughs> I went back and I rewatched the entirety of Hey Arnold. Yeah, that is some serious commitment. That's a lot of seasons we're talking. Yeah, it's it's um about a hundred episodes. Yeah. So I, I didn't rewatch the movie or anything. Um, so I went back, I watched Hey Arnold, and, you know, all the kids in the uh, neighborhood, all the people in the neighborhood, you know, the adults, kids, whatever, they have their own, like, specific episodes mm-hmm. and their own plot lines. And while Hey Arnold, I think, is a very episodic show, oh, and definitely. it doesn't really subscribe to any, like, sort of strict continuity or strict, I don't know, strict, like, plot, like, episode yeah, by episode. Yeah, there's no real timeline you can decipher much from this show. It, th- there's still, like, a lot of, like, deep characterization going on there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there still is. It exists. And, like, to be fair, like, having continuity is still, I think, kind of a r- super new thing for children's shows. Like, especially yeah. for animation shows. Because, like, that's the thing. Like, you, the the broadcasting People want to air them in whatever order, and they don't want to have to worry about, oh, you can't air these out of order. They have to be in this specific order. So it makes sense, and you know, that's kind of the way cartoons were back then. Nothing had continuity. That's kind of, that was the standard. But, like, what you're saying, yeah, within that, they give so much complexity to characters in standalone episodes that it's it's kind of a miracle that can both those things can exist and actually maintain that, even if... I don't know. Do you think some people argue that it's like, oh, well, nothing matters because it just like resets every episode? Because I don't really feel that way. But there could be an argument for that somewhere, I guess. Honestly, while I was rewatching, I was sort of feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I started to notice, and you know, obviously, you probably shouldn't binge <laughs> shows that were made over like a period of what six seven years yeah a while <laughs> Almost a decade. Uh, like i started to notice that plots were, were were repeating and you know obviously characters weren't really learning what they had learned at the end of like another previous characterization episode mm-hmm. but again that has to do with like the rerunning yeah um true. but the thing about like the class recycling like for example there's this one episode uh like operation ruthless yes and it's about like going to like the cheese fair and yeah, the cheese festival. It was like you know, hey, Ar- hey, Arnold, that sounds like <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you want to call him that though? I do. It was too. about um Arnold trying to, you know, win the affections of Ruth at the cheese fair, and mm-hmm. Helga's trying to sabotage it. Blah blah blah. And then, like a couple years later, yeah. they did the same exact ep- they did the same exact plot in the episode Love and Cheese. Yeah, Love and Cheese. That's true. It's even the same cheese festival. Yeah, except it's Lila instead of Ruth, and it's like, uh, why are we doing this? And honestly, I I think I prefer Operation Ruthless to Love and Cheese, just because the ending always kills me. I feel like every so often there's like an episode of Hey Arnold in the early seasons where like they just give Helga a moment to shine that's so good and I remember distinctly at the end of Operation Ruthless like she's like haha yeah like Ruth didn't notice her but then Arnold's like oh well the more she doesn't notice me the more I just want her and he like walks away and he's happy and then like Gerald and Phoebe like hold hands and they're happy yeah. and she's just looking around and the park is closing and she's just alone and it's kind of sad you know 
And yeah. you kind of have to sit with that, seeing Helga be sad. And I don't know, something about that's just kind of remarkable to me. Yeah, definitely. I think, especially in the earlier seasons, Hey Arnold had, like, a real subtlety to it. Yeah, for sure. It had, like, a real, like, uh, subdued sort of feeling. It was, you know, there's a... thoughtful. There's this thing that happens in shows called, like, it's like a trope called flanderization. Okay. Where it's basically where character traits get, like, so ramped up throughout the run of a show Mm -hmm. that, like, a character that was seemingly, like, more complex, like, in first season or, like, more subdued or whatever, they get, like, completely, like, out of control, like, season Four, five, six. You know, like they're like maybe one, like one of like their many quirks becomes their, their main only quirk. quirk. Okay, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And of course, Hey Arnold isn't really exempt from that. I don't think any shows are really <laughs> exempt from that. Yeah. Because it's like a whole thing. Like people, writers, fans, they see this one trait in a character and they like it so much. And it just responds well to everybody that they just expand it to where it's just, like, the whole character. Yeah, that's so true. Especially, yeah, because, like, when you're starting off the show, you you kind of, like, you you know your characters are, but then they will probably take on a life of their own. And that's a really good indication of that in a way, I guess. Just, like, people responding to something and they're like, oh, I guess, like, we can make this a big thing. I wasn't planning on that, but that's what people like, so let's do more of it. Like, it's kind of malleable that way. Yeah, For so better or th- worse. So things like the character of Eugene, where like his clumsiness and yeah. like his being a jinx, that became his main character trait. Harold being this, you know, fat sort of ha ha sort of bully, a sort of bully. Yeah, that <laughs> was also his main afraid character of trait. things. Yeah, that's really true. Arnold becoming like the sort of helper guy who yeah. keeps trying to be like the voice of reason became his main character trait. Whereas if you go yeah. back to season one, I yes, it's true though, Sam. When I finally watched season one again, I was blown away that like Arnold's not helper guy at all. He's no, just he, like, a normal talks. kid. Yeah, he just does those things. I was like, what? This is not the Har- the the Arnold I remember. What? When did it? And it just kind of slowly evolves over time. But it's so weird because that's when I was. A kid looking back, that's all I really associated him as, was, like, a nice guy who will help people. It was kind of, like, a huge wake-up call going back to season one. I think season one, or at least, like, the first, what, like, ten or so episodes of season Mm -hmm. one, definitely set a different tone for Arnold. Like, more akin to the claymation shorts I was mentioning earlier, and you can find those online if you wish, where, like, Arnold is this, like, kind of spacey, like, daydreamer, and, like, a lot of the episodes begin or have, like, a daydream sequence in it. Yeah. Sort of, like, akin to the opening of, like, rug- older Rugrats episodes. Yeah. Where it would just be, like, kind of surreal, spacey yeah, sort lots of. lots of interesting colors, and it's cool. It's cool. It's weird and cool. I totally remember what you're talking about. It's cool, but it sort of feels weird to, like, go back down into, right. like, the, re- the relatively real world of Arnold. Mm-hmm. But I guess as the seasons go on, it becomes more about fantastical, well, not really fantastical, more like, quote-unquote, things that wouldn't really happen to, like, fourth-grade kids in real life. <laughs> yeah. 
things that like would maybe happen to adults. Like, for example, one of my favorite episodes growing up was the episode Curly Snaps. And it's about Curly, who, you know, he was supposed to be, like, the ball monitor for recess. He was supposed to be the kid who, like, brings out all the balls, brings them back, whatever. And (laughs) the teacher, Mr. Simmons, doesn't uh, name him the ball monitor for the week he thought he was going to. And he just, he He snaps. And he, uh. It doesn't really hold anybody. It's like a hostage situation. Yeah, it is. He holds he holds the balls hostage in like the principal's office, and like that would never happen in the real world. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like so remarkable that Hey Arnold like is like sort of seen at least comparatively as this quote unquote down the earth series in comparison Mm -hmm. to you know of course like Brendan Simpy, uh. No, etc. <clears throat> Whereas, you know, these weird things are happening to yeah. nine-year-olds. Yeah! <laughs> I don't know, man. It's I mean, like... that's, a, that's a good point. So are, are you basically saying that, like, in the early episodes of season one, we had these really creative, like, interesting, like, dream animation sequences, but the show became less about that and more about, like, actual weird things that they actually yeah. did in the canon of the show? Yeah, I think that might be a, like, um, for the better, honestly. Like, I'd rather see them go on cool adventures than, like, have these cool dream sequences. I agree. I think it definitely, of course, makes them more relatable because we get to spend more time with the ensemble of characters. Yeah, and see how they all react to Rather than staying in Arnold's head. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was another point you brought up in the outline you you shared with me before, was that, like, the show also became kind of less about Arnold only. And gave the other characters more room to develop with their own specific episodes, which feels like such an important part of the show. I think. Oh yeah, the the whole like ensemble of kids and adults. It's a lot. It's a lot of like the combination of like the borders and the kids and like the townspeople. It's a lot. It's one of the it biggest is. communities of a show I've seen fleshed out outside yeah, of like it- maybe The Simpsons. And it's, like, it's what makes the show in the later seasons. Yeah! So, we talk about Adventure Time pretty often on this podcast. And something that Adventure Time does is that it has this, like, whole, like, fleshed out world of characters. And it spends, like, maybe an episode on each character. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of, like, a modern example of what Hey Arnold does so well. Yeah. But I don't think it does it as well. I agree. Maybe yeah. because Hey Arnold is, like, more versed in the real world and not, like, a fantasy world. Maybe has to do with, like, the writers. I don't know. It's just, I, you know, apples yeah. to oranges in terms of, like, how you can do it an ensemble cast. You can have, like, a whole show dedicated to, oh, Adventure Time with Finn and Jake. Or, oh, Hey Arnold. But you can, like, make the show sort of, like, outside of those characters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I agree. I think Harold does it better. And I'm I'm now that you're mentioning it, I'm trying to think of why that is. Maybe part of it is that um, it's it's based in more reality, so it's easier to draw b- from experience with people. But that I don't know. I feel like Adventure Time could do that too. Maybe it's that 
maybe the cast is like overall smaller in Harold because like Adventure Time is in so many seasons now. Their world's kind of hugely expanded. Maybe that's part of the issue too. There's just like so many side characters and new ones popping up all the time. Whereas you don't have like a ton of new characters unless it's in like one episode, True. like Monkey Man or the Pigeon Guy on the Roof. Yeah. And these are all like staples of the community that exactly, yeah. And at least with Monkey Man them. that like we've heard mm-hmm. before and that we've like seen before, or like Stoop Kid. Oh, Stoop Kid. Oh, Stoop Kid. <laughs> what a meme of a character. <laughs> so we spent like a lot of time talking about characterization and you know all that jazz. All that. Jazz. I want to know, Michelle. Uh huh. Who are your favorite characters, and how like oh. how does like their "Quote unquote journey make you feel like throughout as like a kid at like or at least as you thought as a kid and as an adult. Oh man, well, is it too early to talk about Helga? Because I just have so God, many you know Helga what? feels. I'm gonna be real with you. Helga is the best character on the show. She is the best character on the show, and I swear she, she, it might as well be called "Hey Helga." <laughs> yes, seriously. she has so much screen time. She oh, is man the most fleshed out. Yeah, she's, she's the, the most interesting. She has the strongest personality. She says so many clever things. She's really smart. And her family dynamic is, like, heartbreaking, but also, like, so fascinating. I mean, I'm glad Arnold has such a great connection to his grandparents and the other boarders. But, like, Helga, man, there's just, like, so much there to get into. There's so much meat to that. I really do think that Craig Bartlett, like, somewhere along the line, realized that Helga was kind of the main character and was also his favorite. And was just like, okay, let's give her more single episodes. Yeah, just keep going. Just keep going. Let's give her more time. And it was, like, the best decision he could have made for the show. Because it really just, like, oh, made everything better. In my opinion, <laughs> at least. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, so Helga started out as, this, like, you know, one-dimensional bully, mm-hmm. Sunderle kind of... <laughs> <laughs> she, she's like the textbook definition of Sindri. Anyway, um, she starts out as like, you know, this one dimensional character who picks on Arnold but has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Nobody really cares. And then the seasons go on, the episodes go on, and we learn more about <clears throat> her childhood. Oh, she has a child. Her uh, earlier time. <laughs> her young childhood. Her younger We learn childhood. more about her life her family, the expectations put upon her, yeah. how she has to perform yeah. in order to even maybe be noticed. Mm-hmm. You no, know, have like in the realm of possibility to be noticed by her parents. We learn about like how she sort of uses Arnold as a coping mechanism for how much her life sucks. Yeah. We learn like, she's like an amazing writer. Mm-hmm. She's like creative, amazing person. And she just is so complex and messed up, and I love her. Yeah, and at the same time, she's like, I mean, I think also a big part of her personality is that she is, like, a tomboy. And, I mean, she's one of the most interesting characters who also happens to be so, like, self-assured about who she is as a person. And even though she, like, wears the most girly outfit, has the most, like... I always thought Aggressive. that was so weird. I know, me too, but, like, somehow she just owns it, and it's great. And you don't look at Helga and think of a girly girl, even though she's wearing a huge pink bow on her head. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Helga. I remember... 
when I was a kid, I like really loved Helga and I couldn't really figure out why. Mm-hmm. But you know, as I grew up and I like rewatched the show, and especially like as an adult rewatching the show, I realized, wow, I see so much of myself in Helga. Yeah, you know, I what? see so much of like you know how I grew up, how you know neglect really like shapes a person, mm-hmm. how <clears throat> you know the sort of familial dynamic can really like cause a lot of weird behavior and a lot of destructive behavior. Yeah, and like it's so amazing that Nickelodeon <laughs> yeah. allowed all of this to be on television. It's so amazing that Craig Bartlett and everybody else who worked on Hey Arnold created this like such real person mm-hmm. like it like, boggles my mind that like this aired on television this happened in the I, 90s yeah. of all places seriously i mean oh man helga just there are so many and that's the thing like the more you go into her family the the more interesting it is even like in that road trip episode with her mom when Helga just like keeps waiting for her mom to disappoint her and she does because she like forgets the purse on top of the car again and she's like basically drunk at one point and then they can't get home because the car's busted and Helga has like so little faith in her she's like you know what I'm gonna take the suitcase I'm gonna go out by a bus and I'm gonna hitchhike home because uh, this is about how things normally go with you Miriam and the fact that she calls her mom Miriam just like says so much and that her mom, like, oh, she really does try. And she does, like, she she rides the mechanical bull and wins $500 so they can fix the car and go home. And then suddenly Helga's like, wow, like, you didn't disappoint me. I also didn't know you could ride bulls. Tell me more about your life. And they do bond, like, for the first time in what seems like forever. It's just little glimpses, like, that are so awesome and feel, like, so rewarding because we get so few of them in her family. The same with Olga. Yeah, like, like the, um, uh, what was the episode? It was, I don't remember the episode's name, mm-hmm. but it was when Olga first came home from college, right. like the introduction yeah. of her character, yeah. and Helga, you know, despises Olga, mm-hmm. and so she, like, writes a B-plus on her, like, straight-A report card, and Olga just has, like, Freaks a mental breakdown. Out. Yeah. <clears throat> but at the end of it, you know, there's like this really touching moment where Olga's like, I understand why you did that because, yeah. you know, they won't pay attention to you. Like, you're invisible to them. Yeah. However, you know, I have to constantly overperform. Exactly. And if I don't do that, I'm a disappointment. So maybe in some weird way, you're lucky to be ignored. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really heartbreaking. That's so messed up to think about, but Yeah. Especially given Helga's parents, maybe maybe it's more of a blessing than a curse. It's like it's <laughs> If it's a choice between like a worse option and a not great option, I guess so. But like I'm both of it sucks, right? It does. I mean like Big Bob, like Helga's dad is like such a jerk. Yeah. Like, this man is the worst person ever. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, and, yeah. And of course, you know, Miriam is an alcoholic and just. Yes, yes. Oh, let's. It's true, guys. That's, that's what's happening. I don't care if it looks like coffee or juice. It's, that's not what it is. Well, um. Just look at how she acts. Th- there was, like, a pitch going around for a little bit about, like, a show about Helga's, like, family. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, was it, it was called the Adult Swim? Yeah, it was gonna be. They were shopping it to like MTV and stuff, but it was too similar to Daria. Oh, um, I would. It was like that. so. It would have revealed like uh, Miriam being an alcoholic and Arnold moving away and just a bunch of stuff. So yeah, Miriam is an alcoholic. This <laughs> is <laughs> like, canon. She's an alcoholic. Yeah, and it's just it's such a heartbreaking environment for a kid and man it just it sucks and one of the biggest episodes that we look at is of course helga on the couch Mm, yes the iconic episode that might be the best episode of the series because it just like straight out confronts everything wrong about helga's life yeah and gives us a shred of hope at the end right Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I feel like in the last couple seasons, especially, Helga's, like, battling her, the fact that she's so used to picking on Arnold and actually trying to be nicer. Because she does want to be nice to Arnold. It's just that being nice to Arnold feels like a, a, a sacrificing control for Helga. And as we see in in the flashback when she's talking um to the therapist and Helga on the couch like yeah everyone made fun of her and Arnold was the only person that was nice to her and she oh. couldn't she couldn't have both <laughs> or at least she felt like she couldn't when she, I like you know, really was, feel that so hard yeah and it is really sad but like i think i think there is an idea of her getting like trying to get better at that even though if it's like serious baby steps when she's I mean, like, she well, is nine. Yeah, yeah, she's nine. Give her, give her a little more time. Not that I think the show really cares about these all being nine-year-olds. The no, show no. treats them more like maybe them way better. teenagers <laughs> yeah. and not 20, 30-year-olds. <laughs> it, it's nuts. And really, Helga is the best character. She is a jerk, of course, and she's mean. But... Not when it really counts, though. Like... When Arnold really needs her help, she will be there. Like, she yeah. was there for the beach episode. She was there for the Christmas episode. She gave yeah. up her Dino Spumoni boots. If that isn't an act of generosity, I don't know what is. Me neither. Those snow boots, they were pretty kicking. They were, she said they were totally boss. That was like the best. <laughs> That's an amazing thing to say. Oh my God. But yeah, Helga is just, you know, a grade A character. One of the best, I think, that yeah, has ever seriously, graced... Seriously, one of the best. Ever graced animation, in my humble opinion, of course. I absolutely agree with that. Let's see. Who shall we move on to next? We have a whole cast of characters here. Who do you want to do next? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe... Maybe Phoebe, I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, let's do Phoebe. So, Phoebe. Phoebe is Helga's best friend, of course. And, you know, she's, like, the smart girl. She, mm-hmm. you know, she is also a straight-A student. And the majority of her episodes that focus on her, of course, have to do with her failing at some point or having to take a break or, you know, having, <laughs> like, to take control over Helga or something. Yeah. Or, like, roller bristle. Yeah. And I don't know. I think that's... Interesting given that Phoebe is the most predominant Asian character mm-hmm. in the show, right? Having these sort of tropes like thrust upon her, you know, she is like the straight A student, she's Asian, she is like submissive, and that's like another like sort of Asian trope. And it's just, it's interesting to see those things subverted 
But I don't think it's necessarily connected to her race most of the time. Or at least the show doesn't really act like that. Yeah, I don't know if it's an overt thing. I mean, it could even be, like, unconscious. I When I when I was a kid, I thought Phoebe Ocean thought of her as, like, I don't know, Helga's lackey, who was also very, very smart. Yeah, true. <laughs> I, I did as well, and it wasn't until I rewatched it recently that I sort of noticed how the show tackles people's races. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. really tackle Gerald being black that much, but Phoebe gets, like, a couple of good lines in there about, <laughs> like... There's this one line in Phoebe Cheats where uh, Principal Wartz asks Phoebe where she's from, and she says, Kentucky, sir. <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> I can't believe, like, in 1997, like, they were throwing this kind of shade. Yeah. Right? But, I, I, of course, I think it's really, really important to, like, look at these sort of things and look at, like, where diversity fits in. Like, you, you can't really have a true colorblind thing as much as you want to try. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, like things are gonna be picked up, and culture is gonna be picked up for better or for worse. For example, the show does like a lot of really cringy things involving Native American stuff. Oh wait, when? Tell I don't remember this. I mean, so it, it's, it's just know. like sort of the classic like sort of school thing, like when you're when you're in elementary school, how you learn about the Pilgrims and Native Americans. Oh, yeah, it's the, like okay. Thanksgiving sort of story, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, that happens in Arnold's Thanksgiving. Uh, Girl Trouble is also prominent. And it's just like, eh. You know, not really a good... Not everything ages well. Of course. (laughs) But back on the topic of Phoebe. One of the most memorable episodes for me was Phoebe Cheats. Right? This is where Mm -hmm. Phoebe copies out a poem from a book... Because she can't, like, muster up the creative energy to, like, have the best poem in class. And she needs to have the best poem. Yeah. And so she's, like, stalked by the statue of Emily Dickinson that she wins. (laughs) Which is so great. Oh, my God. That's so nuts. I recently, I watched, like, the biopic that came out about Emily Dickinson. Oh, okay. I I don't even remember what it was called. It was, like, Cynthia Nixon, though. It was the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... So Phoebe like, Cheats was better than the than the biopic. Yeah, yeah the, the statue, Phoebe Cheats, better than the biopic about <laughs> Emily Dickinson. Anyway, but then, you know, eventually she has to come clean. Cause it's, it's sort of like a, um, what's the classic Edgar Allan Poe story? It's like a... The Raven? Telltale Heart? Oh, that one. Yeah, that one too. It's, it's sort of like that, like that sort of guilt, like crushing her. And I don't know, it's sort of shows a lot about how pressured kids feel when they're praised in something, right? Yeah, I mean, same could be said for Olga. It's like, if you if you have the standard, you have to live up to it, or you're just, like, failing at life, basically. Yeah, and that just sort of, that sucks. That does suck. <laughs> sucks yeah, a like, lot. P- and another notable trait for Phoebe is that she's a doormat, right? Exactly, yeah. That's the thing that, like, I, when I went back to rewatch it later on, I was just like, wow, FIFA does not have a lot of agency in her relationship with Helga. This is, oh no. This is kind of concerning. Helga, you should care more. If this is really your friend, you, you should, you should be better. But to be honest, I was more of a Phoebe kind of person when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I said earlier that I saw a lot of myself in Helga, I was like more of a quiet, you know, logical, 
sort of like submissive kid. And I would always sort of attach myself to like the louder girls. Ah, like, girls for, like who, protection uh, or because like their oppositeness was exciting. The the oppositeness was exciting. Okay. And I think that's something Phoebe probably values, if not just maybe Helga just adopted her. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like Phoebe could walk away if she wanted to from that friendship, but something keeps her interested, outside of just being, like, afraid of Helga. So, yeah, I think there is something there. But I guess we see in Phoebe Breaks a Leg, at least I think that's what the episode's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, it is. Of course, you know, Phoebe gets hit by a bus. (laughs) Which, how she just broke her leg on that, I'm not sure. But Phoebe gets hit by a bus, and Helga... You know, rightfully so, feels a lot of guilt about it because it's her fault. Yeah. And, you know, it's a total role reversal. And you can see, like, how sweet and caring Helga can be and how much she cares about her friend. Mm-hmm. But that relationship is just so toxic. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not ideal for friends. Ugh. I don't know. Kids just have a lot of messed up friendships. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they will be friends when they're older. Yeah, maybe this is a more of an elementary school kind of dynamic. Maybe it can't live forever. Yeah, who is actually still friends with people <laughs> that they were in elementary oh, school? I know people who have those kind of long-term friends, but it amazes me. Me too, and like... Do they exist? I th- yeah. I think about my best friends in elementary school, I'm like... Mm. I stopped talking to them in like middle school. The, the the things you bond over in elementary school are just like, oh, you like the same character. and Oh, that's not fair, because actually you can bond people like that at any age. I still do that. Yeah. But like, oh, like you have yeah, you have an octopus on your lunchbox? Awesome. We're friends now for three years. It's just like, you know, it's just a different kind of like rule. Yeah, like, oh, I together. see you. You're my friend. Yeah. Oh, you like pink? I like pink. Oh, twins. Now we're best friends. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably what happened with Helga and Phoebe. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know, man. I think, since I guess that we're rounding out the main four here, let's do Gerald. Gerald! Gerald, I feel like he's fairly fleshed out. I mean, we get to see his family, we get to see his little sister. Um, And he's, like, he's the one who knows all the, like, cool elementary school kid lore, right? Yeah. Which is, like, kind of awesome. I love that the elementary school just, like, has all this lore about kids doing stuff and, like, has this just mythos. It's, like, so cool. It's, like, such a cool kid thing. It really uh, raised my expectations on being a kid. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, yes, being a part of, like, a kid group and, like, I yes. never was a part of a kid group. Like, that, I know, same. Like, I grew up in a really small town, and seeing this show that took place in an inner city, I was like, wow, if I lived in an inner city, maybe I'd know a stoop kid, or be able to, you know, go find a haunted train, or go downtown on an actual bus as a fruit. It definitely gives you expectations. No. I I, I definitely think that Gerald is very fleshed out, but not so much to... A good point. Okay, yeah, maybe he's like he's a good supportive friend, but yes. we don't delve into his complexity yes. that much. I was about to say, like, I don't think. Yeah. At least, at least in the show, he's not very complex. I think yeah, a lot yeah, of the time, yeah. of course, that uh, he's one note, and he just mm-hmm. serves to be like Arnold. You're bold. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
No, kind of. He's kind of like supportive friend arm candy for a lot of the show. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, I seem to remember an episode where he like sells watches. It's kind of all about him. Yeah. But I, outside I, of that, I, I can't think of an episode that's like really just about him. Uh, there's one called Gerald's Game where okay. he, he basically gets addicted to D&D. <laughs> oh, seriously? Yeah. I do not remember that episode. Yeah, Gerald's game. Um, there's another one called Gerald Moves Out, where he moves into the boarding house because he can't stand his family anymore. Oh yeah, no, I vaguely remember that one. Now there's like a bunch of like Gerald specific episodes. There's also a lot of episodes can like about his like little sister and his big brother mm, just solely. Yeah, his little sister and his big brother. I remember very well. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of weird, because it's like, well, Gerald, we don't know a lot about you, but, you know, these other family members have very strong personalities. I I guess one of the more memorable episodes involving Gerald is Veterans Day. What happens in Veterans Day? So, Veterans Day is when uh, Arnold, Grandpa, Gerald, and his dad... They all go to um, Washington, D.C. for Veterans Day, I assume. <laughs> uh, and during, like, the road trip, uh, you know, uh, Grandpa and Mr. Johansson, that, I think that's Charles' last name, hopefully I'm not Yeah, wrong. probably. Uh, they're talking about their days in the Army. And Gerald, like, expected his father to be, like, you know, this really cool. gung-ho sort of, like, war hero. Okay. When in reality, his dad just did paperwork during the oh. And I don't know, I think that's something that is sort of, like, defining as Gerald's one-noteness. You know, expecting mm, greatness, okay. but, you know, getting sort of a little bit let down. Disappointed? Okay. Yeah, uh, Gerald's a real cynic, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's true. But with this episode, like, eventually, like, he respects his dad, and he finds out that his dad actually was a hero because his dad saved some guy's life. Oh, that was a really weird episode. That <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this episode. I feel bad. I, I I think I watched it pretty. Re- I didn't. I think I skipped over it when I was rewatching, but I watched it pretty recently before. It's like Grandpa killed a bunch of Nazis, but they didn't call them Nazis. Whoa, Grandpa! I don't remember if they called them Nazis or not. I think they did mention Hitler though. Wow. Okay. Show. All right. Uh, the show also like depicts drinking alcohol a lot too, and like nobody True. says anything. <laughs> I don't know, but Gerald, back to him. <laughs> it's hard to talk about Gerald. What is there it is to hard say? hard to talk about Gerald because he's he's the Jake to Arnold's Finn, right? Yeah. Oh man, that's true. But Jake had more. He had a family. He like true. Well, so does Gerald. Things, but Gerald. It's true that Gerald's life outside of Arnold is a lot less complex full yeah. than other people's. Even characters that get a lot less screen time with, like, Big Patty or Rhonda. I mean, I feel like somehow they have a little more going on, but they're in a lot less episodes than Gerald is. So it is something to think about. Yeah, a lot less focus episodes. Like, Big Patty had, like, more more focus episodes than Gerald, I think. And I freaking love Big Patty! And I feel bad that Gerald, who's in, like, practically... Every episode with Arnold doesn't like why? Why don't we give him that? I mean, I guess maybe they. I don't know. I mean, maybe even like Eugene, right? Yeah, yeah, like maybe they need some to balance. But like, it, it is kind of sad that they had to decide that Gerald wasn't the one they wanted to flesh out. Because 
I would like there to be more. I think I, I he's guess fine, he's like a good but foil to Arnold. Like I said, like Arnold, he's like the he's really chill and cool, and yeah. But also, like in the family situation, there was this one episode called Gerald stays over or comes over, where you know Arnold's like, yeah, I love coming over, but Gerald's like, uh, I've never been over to your house, dude. What's up? Oh, and then, like, you, yeah. You basically get to see from Gerald's eyes how Arnold lives. Like, he he's a kid who lives in a boarding house. Yeah. And he has no parents, and he has to, like, collect the rent, and it's just, like, weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, whereas, like, Gerald is, like, a pretty normal kid with, like, a normal, mm-hmm. ideal yeah. family situation, Arnold is not. And I guess that's the primary, like, focus and... I wish we went deeper with that, then, if that's the case. Yeah, uh, deeper than, like, oh, I'm the middle sibling, and I hate both my other siblings, and they're annoying. Yeah. And I want to move out, or I want to make my own money because my dad keeps yelling at me about the electric bill. It just seems like such small potatoes in comparison to the other stuff that we get served from people like Sid or Eugene. Yeah. Or Helga, even Harold. I mean, it's true. I mean, I guess Gerald is the most normal kid then out of all of them. And I guess maybe, you know, having a normal kid in a show isn't a bad thing. Like, somebody needs to be the most normal kid. Agree. And But, yeah, I don't know. I still feel like I want more of Gerald now, even if being the normal kid is, like, just fine. I want more. I want more. Uh, well, we're getting we're getting more soon. <laughs> not a lot, but we're getting. More. I hope we get. I don't know. Maybe we'll do something really cool with Gerald that'll that'll dive deeper than we have in the past five seasons. Oh yeah. Also, Gerald lost his tonsils, or he got. Oh yeah, like, that's true. Out. Because his voice actor, uh, his voice was changing, and they yeah. have to. Even though that's they changed the voices for Arnold like fifty times. I know. I was gonna say that they changed Arnold's voice like every couple years, and everyone else was the same person the entire freaking show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's really funny. I don't know. Whatever. Speaking of Arnold, let's round this out and talk about the main man, the titular character, Arnold. Oh, Arnold. He has the best room, though. <laughs> what that's the like, heck? That's like the thing everybody says it's about Arnold. It's true. Even people who didn't really watch the show religiously, like us, they had to admit that that skylight and his, like, boom box and just, and his, like, like, the lights. Yeah, what the heck? is the best room. Climb up on the roof and look at the sunset when he needs to think about deep life thoughts. For a ninth grader. I mean, who would not want that life or that room? I have to wonder who, like, modernized that room for him, considering they live in, like, a hundred, not a hundred-year-old boarding but house. But it's old. You know, it's it's been lived in for Yeah, like a, a really old boarding house with a bunch of old people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was, like a, like, a greenhouse, and they were like, oh, no, no. Well, they have it's a greenhouse be- in the back, though. Yeah, but maybe it was like a maybe some fancy rich dude had like his own greenhouse and then yeah. he moved out and they're like, We're gonna show this new bedroom. I don't know. I don't know much about architecture and how just saying so you know, the city that they live in is like based off of Seattle, Portland and New and Brooklyn. I don't know about the architecture oh, it's in those cities. What did you say, dude? Oh, um, it's a conglomerate then of mm-hmm. like multiple cities. Yes, it is. Okay. I think it's called Hillwood. Yeah, yeah, I think it is Hillwood. Something like that. They never actually name it in the show. <laughs> they don't actually name it. Oh, same with Arnold's last name. They never actually say his last name in the show. I thought it was literally Shortman. Is that It is Shortman. True? Spoiler alert. 
His last name is Shortman. <laughs> Wait, so is Grandpa's last name Shortman? Is his yes. name Grandpa Shortman? Well, Phil Shortman. Phil Shortman? Yes. That's amazing. It, it's a it's a confirmed TM by Craig Bartlett. His last name is Shortman. Grandma Shortman. That's awesome. What is Grandma's name? I don't remember. Uh, we're getting off track. Yeah, we are. Arnold was gotta stay focused. Talking about Arnold. So as we mentioned earlier, Arnold started out as a really like quiet, sort of introspective kid mm-hmm. who was always having to be like woken up from daydreams and stuff. And eventually he morphed into like the guy who helps people. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say he doesn't have a character of his own because <laughs> Well, <laughs> Well, he I, I, does. I feel like he's more of a passive character, though. Like, things yeah, happen no, to him. Yeah, he's super passive. Things happen to him rather than him doing things. Yeah, he sees something and walks into a situation and then things happen. Like, he gets roped into being Romeo in the school play because he can't yep. say no to Mr. Simmons. Mm-hmm. He... <sighs> God, what else? He is enters this? the sandcastle <laughs> thing in the beach episode because the girl asks him to. Yeah. Only to find out that it's all ruse. His parents are dead. He... It <laughs> was not not confirmed dead. Okay, well, okay, his parents are missing. Absent, yeah. He's the kid with no parents. Right. Uh, He gets roped into an eating contest by Grandpa. Yeah, see, everyone instigates him for things. He's just kind of there and wants to help people, so ends up doing a lot of things. He's like a really adult kid. No, he is, yeah. Like you were saying, he pays for the rent in the entire boarding house. Well, he collects the rent. Yeah, he collects the rent. Yeah, and it's just like, who does, who lets their nine-year-old grandson do that, Grandpa? I don't know, I, I feel like he's like so adult, he doesn't really get a chance to be a kid. The only times I really remember him being a kid is like, when he's playing... Bat, like baseball. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Like when he's playing baseball, when he is playing any sort just of sport. Like, yeah, or like just like hanging out with Gerald and just like talking about kid stuff or like girls. Ugh, God, I had that still in the other day. If he ever had a crush on anybody when he was nine. Oh. Not, not that I had to. I just did because you did. It's like a societal thing that like boys don't have feelings for girls that young. Like cooties and all that. Oh, true. And, uh, you know, like, Helga's hashtag relatable, so, of course, Mm. maybe I wasn't, like, so deep into the well of crush. The well of crush, the crush well. (laughs) To be, like, dedicating books of poetry and carrying around a locket. Helga went, like, above and beyond the cop duty on a normal crush, though. Yeah. Oh man, Arnold! What, what did Dylan? What did Dylan say? He did say yes. Okay, so yeah, this isn't an unbelievable expectation that Arnold would have like multiple crushes. When comment he's nine. in the comment section, of course. Where else are you going to comment? <laughs> comment anywhere about your crush when you were in the ninth grade. Did you have a crush? Not not ninth grade. No. When you were nine. When you were nine. Yeah, you you made that same mistake like, earlier, and I was so like, so like. Anyway. Yeah. See, this is like how Are little they... you can say about Arnold because like <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean he's most fun in juxtaposition to other people with exactly. strong personalities, exactly. right? 
he is like the straight man to the I don't I don't know what the straight I don't know the jokester. He is yeah 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 he's a straight man. He is he's, a straight man. Yeah, he's responsible. I mean, and that's the thing. And I forgot the name of the episode, but like when when everyone's like telling her like, oh, like all you do is help people. I bet you couldn't go a whole day without helping people. And he's like, fine. I think it's called good Dave luck, Arnold. Yeah, and <laughs> and everything just like goes awfully. It's like really funny, but like he kind of even if he's boring, he is like the glue. That everyone depends on to get actual things done. And I kind of like that because, I don't know, I think especially in, like, more adult animation shows, we see so many, like, women who are the ones that have to be, like, so responsible and the guys are so silly that I kind of like that Arnold's, like, the responsible one and kind of passive and chill and nice. That's not a... I don't think that's a bad thing for a protagonist boy to be. Completely not. That is not a bad thing at all. Yeah. I think that's, like... Again, that's, like, another thing that makes the show so, like, revolutionary, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it places a lot of tropes in different, pla- different places, obviously. And it, it just, it does so many different things. And it talks about the real issues, quote-unquote, not the real issues. Yeah! But, like, there's an episode earlier on called Helga's Makeover, where she, <laughs> Helga doesn't get invited yeah. to a slumber party. Because she isn't girly enough. Right. And so and she tries, make fun she of tries her, to hang out with the guys, and they're like, oh. Yeah, like, but you're a girl. Yeah. And yeah. so she, like, goes to the store and picks up a bunch of, like, teeny bopper fashion mm-hmm. magazines and tries to, like, conform to this idea of womanhood. And it's horrifying. It is it's horrifying. wonderfully horrifying. And she has this, like, amazing monologue Epiphany. at the end about... Yeah. The- the nature of, like, the, about makeup and nature of, like, how these ideals and products are being sold to girls, like, younger and younger when they're kids. Yeah. What was the really great line? She's like, who care if, who cares if we have, like, blah, blah, blah. We're nine years old. And it's, like, so true. Yeah, they're nine. Like high heels or something. Yeah, who cares about high heels or, like, your skin? You're, like, nine. You're a kid. Just be a kid. I, I thought that was so great. And it was really great. And, and the other girls were, like, thinking about it. You could tell that what she was saying was actually impacting them. Like, we need that stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, we need, like, those sort of ideals and those morals happening right now like the christmas episode for example it is oh my god amazing it's not hold back like it speaks to like you know the kindness of humanity and like how you know caring about other people can go so far and like how to you know listen to other people and it's amazing mm-hmm and just like I think that's the first time we ever really touch on Mr. Quinn as a character, and just like that backstory into because he's like he's just like kind of like a nice quiet neighbor who gets mad at oh uh, what's Ernie. the short red haired yeah at Ernie all the time for like reasonable things yeah but then like to get that backstory when he's just like standing by the fireplace and you just like see his back and he just like looks so sad. And when you find out about his daughter, it's just, like, the most heartbreaking thing. And for that to be, like, the motivation of that episode, like, we're going to find his daughter, who he hasn't seen since she was, like, four. That is so intense. Yeah, that's, like, oh, God. 
like this show was so incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that's like why we're covering it. Why, for me, it just stands out as being one of the best. Yeah. You know, of course we have like shows like Steven Universe Now. We have shows like Star and the Forces of Evil. Shows that are like delving more and more into deep characterization and deep like stories. Mm-hmm. But I, am I wrong to say that Hey Arnold did it first? Did it better? I don't know. I, it's hard to say better. I guess it's a, it, I think they're, the shows are accomplishing like yeah. similar but different things, but this show is so grounded in reality. For the most part, it is still a cartoon. They still have wacky adventures every now and again. Um, but like, it's very grounded in like, this is an inner city. These are nine year olds going to elementary school. This is their neighborhood. These are the people that, this is the butcher. This is the coach. Like, you know, this is the pigeon guy on the roof. It, it's very grounded in a way that I help that because they foster these characters so well and the sense of community is so strong. It's very unique to this show, but yeah. it makes it such a joy to watch. Like, I don't care when we watch random characters who might never come up in because they tie in so nicely to the characters we already know and they are aware of them and it makes me want to know about them, too. And there, there's a, definitely a ton of, I think for a lot of shows, you can tell if people care about it because of the amount of like thoughtfulness and heart they put into it. And I think that's just like gushes from the show in a way that it, it just ages so well. It's so fun to watch it now and I can appreciate it so much more because there are a lot of jokes that just four to 10 year old me was not going to understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know, 25 <laughs> year old me can. Uh, it's, it's so nuts. Truly, like, one of the examples of, like, a show that kids can enjoy and adults can enjoy, too. Yeah, for sure. But it, it's totally different from, like, oh, dirty jokes. <laughs> it's more like, yeah, relatable situations. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the silliness that arises from, like, the hyperbole of a relatable yeah. situation. Yeah. So, as we all know, Hey Arnold is making a return of some sort, right? Yes! The People Jungle Movie. People have been campaigning for that movie for forever, Sam. Oh, yeah. I, I, it has I remember. been, oh, so long. So, The Jungle Movie. Are you excited, Michelle? I'm so excited. I mean, the trailer gave me a lot of faith that it's going to be pretty close to the heart of what the original show was. So yeah. I'm, like, nothing but ecstatic for whatever it's going to end up being. Yeah, I'm super excited for it, too. I I feel like a little bit on the, uh, I don't know if I should be excited side, because... You don't want to get disappointed. You don't want your expectations too high. Yeah, I don't want to get disappointed. And a couple years ago, and I heard that, like, the plot has changed. A couple years ago, I read, like, the summary that Craig Bartlett leaked for the movie. <laughs> because yeah. at that point in time, it was never going to happen. Right, and he's like, you guys, just, ah... Uh. Uh, never yeah. say never, but... Never say never. I don't know. It's just... Uh, hey, Arnold, man. I can't believe that it's coming back, that the Jungle movie is being made. Like, I spent my senior prom... I didn't go to prom. I spent that watching Hey, Arnold. Oh, my God! That makes me so happy. I watched so much Hey, Arnold in high school. Yeah, and I like spent a lot of my time as a kid, teenager, adult, thinking about the show and enjoying it. And it's so great to have 
fresh content, of course. Yeah. And, you know, call it what you want. Call it Nickelodeon preying on the nostalgia of us 90s. I mean, it, it, it is, but, like, it's for such a good cause. That shouldn't even matter. I agree. Right? It, it, yeah. This, for the, like, I, I don't know about the Rockers' modern life thing going on, but this specifically was something that was robbed from us. Yeah. Right? It was supposed yeah, to for happen. Sure. And it it was supposed blow. to happen. Yeah. I mean, wasn't the whole, like, drama, basically, that they wanted Craig Bartlett to only do content for Nickelodeon? He was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I want to branch out. Like, he was making a pilot for Cartoon Network at the time. Yeah. And they, they just, like, like, pulled it out. That's, nope. Oh, that's devastating. And that's, like, like you were saying before, Sam, like, later, like, the last two seasons especially, the show was really hitting in stride. Like, yeah. that, it was churning out like oh, some of the best episodes ever, and they made the a feature-length movie and released yeah. it. Yeah, they had faith in this show, and they must have done really, really well on the air. So uh, it really did. This is one example of a show that did get hacked down in its prime. So I feel like it is very deserved to finally have a conclusion that was intended for the show in the form of this movie. I completely agree, and I hope that it lives up to expectations. Yeah, I I feel you. I don't want to have my hype too high because, you know, I I hold this show like you very close and dear to my heart. But the fact that Craig Bradlett is at the helm and I've been, you know, stalking him like crazy on Instagram and, you know, (laughs) all the original people are coming back even if they can't voice the characters anymore because they're too old to just hang out and, like, bond. That's just so cute and it makes me really happy and hopeful that the the show's going to be really good. Well, Francesca Francesca Smith is coming back to voice. Which is awesome. Which is, like, amazing that she's, like, 30 now and she's voicing a nine-year-old. That's oh, that's really awesome. And I think uh, the voice of Phoebe's coming back. The voice of Rhonda's coming back. Uh, of oh, course, wow. like Grandpa and Grandma and yeah. stuff are coming back. I'm uh, definitely Arnold's been replaced because that is the trend with the show already. He so. sounds pretty They're... similar though. Oh, real? Yeah, that's true. I should I th- go back and rewatch the trailer. I think the only thing, only people from the trailer who I like, kind of felt in about are Gerald's new voice and Stinky's new voice. <laughs> I don't know how much we'll see Stinky in the actual. Well, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I, I love think Stinky's Stinky. fun. Why do you love Stinky? I know he's just so charming. Yeah, he he is like very kind of sweet in a puppy dog yeah. sort of way, which is true. I really like Sid. <laughs> I don't know why. I like his you like Sid. I I mean I I honestly I like Big Patty more than like most characters. Oh, oh Big Patty never got Big like, Patty's just so good. She had a couple episodes, but like never got exactly what she deserved though. She yeah, I know. There's so much off. there though. She makes you feel things. Big Patty. Big Patty the and outcast. like her her very brief relationship with um Harold. Rhonda or Rondal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean Harold. Eh, whatever's going on with them, I don't care. I went the heteronormative route, and I said, <laughs> "I know it's okay. Forgive you." Sorry, bro. <laughs> to be honest, uh, was it Helga versus Big Patty? Whatever the episode is. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. This is lesbian solidarity. Hey. Mm-hmm. They're both boys. They're both misunderstood. They're both have non-traditionally feminine personalities. There's something there. Do they both have a unibrow? Yeah, they did. Oh, but we'll see, the evidence just keeps piling up. Also, the similarities. I hear, I hear that um, they're actually gonna confirm Mr. Simmons as gay. <gasps> yeah. 
in the jungle movie. That's what I hear. I'm not sure if it's actually going to happen. I really I would hope be so. Very happy if they didn't mince words and they just said it. Yeah, even if he just talks about his husband and we never see like anything, any kind of canon. I mean, I I really rewatched great. the Thanksgiving episode and it, it was like obvious that one of the guys there was <laughs> his boyfriend. But you know, I I want to just like don't mince words. We're like going right. there in animation right now. Yeah, come on. It's 2017. Come on. Yeah, we we Come can on, make Nick. this next step. We can make this. You already got Coral. I mean, you, you can do this. All Mr. right. Mr. Simmons. 2017, Mr. Simmons. All right. I think <laughs> on that <laughs> note, I think it's time to wrap up. So you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. You can join us on Discord to text chat about animation at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. I personally love the Discord. I'm on it all the time. It's super fun. And you can support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Alec, a.k.a. Frozone. Nice nickname, bro. Yeah, nice one. And as always, a special thanks to our patron... Not patron. Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy... Uh, anything else, Michelle, that we want to talk about um, real quick? I just want to say, because I think it needs to be said, Mr. Kakashka does not deserve Susie. Oh, yeah. He's not a good partner. The show keeps showing us how awful he is, and they keep getting back together, and it just breaks my heart, because Susie, you could do so much better, girl. And somewhere in your heart, you know this. He just keeps drawing you back in for some weird reason. But... If they could be broken up in the Jungle movie, I think that would be wow. a blessing. Hot takes from Michelle. Oh, yeah. Personally, I always thought that was a green card marriage. Oh, my God. Maybe it was. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Hmm. That's sneaky Oscar. That's sneaky Oscar. I don't know. We'll see what happens with them. Hopefully, we will be covering the Jungle movie. I will eat my hat if we don't, considering yeah, seriously. we just did this we'll fight for that. in preparation. <laughs> All right. I think that's about it. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.